This is Chris Otwell bringing you another episode from Road Warrior Otwell. MTGL 2.0 and 3.0. Everybody knows how bad the .0 servers are they are. It's really one monolithic server. I don't know. I, I don't know how many processes are in the monolithic server. I expect probably like a 64 processor machine or bigger. Or bigger. I know at work we uh, recently threw away some 124, or I mean 128 processor NIP machines that were uh, Origin 2000 from SGAI uh, because we replaced them with better, faster, more stronger cluster networks of uh, uh, Xeon, quad, quad, uh, quad core Xeon, or uh, dual duals Xeon and titaniums are just, just generally more powerful than having a, having a groups of those working together just generally more powerful than having a single machine with a hundred and some processors doing the job. Um, and we've proven that over time and that's something that, that the computer industry has learned over the past 10 years. And most of uh, the MMORPGs nowadays that are successful have all in the, in the very beginning structurally switched over from a single point failure type hardware and entrance machine system to a uh, multiple server structure that, can, that has redundancy and uh, failover capabilities. Um, WoW is a perfect example. World of Warcraft is one of the best examples that you'll find of that out there in the industry today. Well, they're redesigning Magic Online for version 3.0 to take full advantage of this kind of concept, um, ripping out basically and redesigning the entire architecture from the ground up and then adding uh, good code to run the cards, all the codes for the uh, storage in order to, you know, anyways, they're uh, taking all the storage of the existing game. They're going to convert it over to a better, nicer-looking interface, more modernized look to it, so maybe a little more modernized than really necessary. And I've got a lot of uh, visual bells and whistles on it that probably wouldn't be needed, but they're going to anyway. So with the, uh, the multiple server entrance, hopefully the stability will close at sky high compared to where it is current. Right now, it's impossible to run like a large-scale event. Um, our, my friend Jeremy Burt and Mark Engel together correctly worked and qualified six different accounts for IDA, the IDA Championship Day 2, uh, which ended up getting canceled because of too many people on the server that day and has never been successfully rescheduled. I don't know why they just don't take that event, split it up into four and then run it the following weekend as four, se- four separate little single things and then take like top eight from each of those four events into its own events for the prizes. But, you know, that's just me being intelligent, I guess. Um, instead, they're trying to wait it out to try to get it fixed with MTGO3 so they can run it there. It'll be soon. It's coming down to fight soon. It'll have a huge ability to both scale and handle multiple processes and correctly be able to handle games issues at this point once uh, it is in the book. April 28, 2007, um, outside Hobby Town, USA, Lincoln, Nebraska, he, uh, me, Paul Bradford, so it's Chris Otwell and Paul Bradford. We uh, traveled out here from California, uh, from Colorado Springs, 800 miles overnight, got here in the morning. Mm, looks like about six teams worth of people now sitting in out front of the store, and about half an hour till they open. So I don't know if this is a good sign or a bad sign, but hopefully a good sign. Uh, Bradford, say hi. Hey, what's up? We had a fairly uneventful night of driving. I wouldn't call falling asleep. Each of us falling asleep at the wheel a couple it's a lot less eventful than it could have been. True. <laughs> Hopefully it'd do well. Uh, we did get in a debate on what kind of animal was laying in the middle of the road splattered by a semi on the way here. Yeah, it was that. There was roadkill. Some quite a bit of roadkill. Quite a big large piece of roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> Unidentifiable. <laughs> Wondering how a deer looking thing got in the middle of Nebraska. So that'll be interesting. We're at the uh, last weekend of the Time Spiral Planner Chaos two of the giant qualifiers. Next week it'll be the future site edited. This is without future site. That'll be I'll just show some Nebraskans how good Time Bug is. Hey, really? Alright. They open the store up so let's go inside. Paul, Paul Radford, I'm here with Chris Hobwell today. We're podcasting. Um, 
got some local Nebraska players that want to say a little bit. Uh, Iowa players, excuse me, excuse me. More, more travelers trying to pick up the take, take the easy call. Uh, looks like they're playing some type. We got a type one. This is a legacy game. Got a legacy game going. Yeah. I think Grand Prix Columbus is going to be like I think Columbus is going to be um, probably more difficult than your average Grand Prix because I think it will be one of the tournaments where like a lot of players won't be able to get access to all the cards they want so we're just trying to test and figure out what we can do What do you think you should go into Columbus guaranteed to be prepared for? Well yeah, I think you have to be prepared for Goblins but I think it's getting blown up to being the big deck and it won't be as popular as people think I think you have to be prepared for like Char Belcher and Storm decks uh, That would be my question like what do you think about the Storm of the Vulture deck supposedly 75% like mean, one kill yeah I think that's high but I think the deck's really good I think going into the format you have to play Force of Will Duress slash like a mass cane kill or combo that can kill you right away do you think there's going to be a number of people um, in the early rounds just playing the, no the goblins because they're easy easy to get access to yeah I think that's the hugest reason Right. And just so you know, that Brandon Shield, who's, uh, who's a yeah, he's a writer from London's. I'm the editor. My name's Bill Stark. He's a writer as well, Matt Hanson. Jordan does some writing. I was just in the top eight office talking to Matt. I read Chris's work. We actually talked about Chris's work a little bit. Right. So. We're good to go with the judges because the evenly rack affects both players, not just one player. Yeah, that's pretty but, awesome. It makes our deck. Well, let's hopefully it works. He, he already uh, he already verified that's how he's going to rule, so let's hope nobody complains too much. He comes a bomb in that case. So overall, I think our card pool is is both two fast decks: a really fast black blue aggro deck and a really really aggro red green deck. So Bill Stark, you guys happy about your team's deck? Um, I think we're confident. Like I think our the guys that registered it wrote like a note that said like you're welcome or something. And they were way They thought it was way better Than what we thought it was um, We can't complain Right Like we got a couple bombs So but I don't think It's ridiculous I think it's fair The people that wrote that Thought Timbermere was a bomb Yeah well, I mean you know I think that's just, uh, Kind of a sign of the format Women typically uh, And even a little bit In the brassy players Who are inexperienced Don't really know What they're doing uh, And they overvalue cards Because Timbermere is You know Quote unquote good And constructed They misinterpret What that great she And it kind of demonstrated, like, Demonstrates the format That Timbermere might be You know Playable and individual limited But when you're playing With two guys it, It's just really bad Right It's really good for your opponent Yeah That's yeah, amazing your opponent, and then, like uh, if you had links and like tricks, maybe it's okay, but not not normally. But I agree that the tapping, the whole tapping, all the other creatures is not very useful in Zulu. Yeah, well, that was fine. Yeah, so yeah, they, that's because they took off hard dragon with the inflate. They were playing vampire link. They were playing horrible hard. They were really super cocky because they thought we were intimidated by their match. They didn't know who we were, and they just they, they played our advantage because they were overconfident about themselves. I, they never I think you're undervaluing some of their cards too. I mean, after all, ball serpent is a beating because it is. It is a five-five attack run. It's good. It's not that good. Like, but the one-two-five meant to Damage from um, isn't a source. It's horrible. All right, that was kind of yeah, but it costs us a card basically. Yeah. You just have to use them as a card. Generally, overweighting the color combinations. Lord knows what kind of blue they had to cut because it's not like blue. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know what they were. Yeah, there was no blue at all in that match. I don't know. Yeah, was, we, were little, we were a little timid of the flying, I thought. When they took our dragon. They uh, had the dragon. It had their vampiric uh, link on it. It was enslaved. And it had red man at a pumpkin. And it didn't attack once because oh, it would die to one of our 4-4s. Four so we would be losing a 4-4 four four fire and they would be gaining a shit ton of life. And in the end, we pulled it out at one life yes, with exactly did. the right amount of damage. Use the funeral charm on the last turn of the game. Because we decided to hang on to that funeral charm for so long. I was worried they had a great shot in his hand, too. It's been a long while since the match has taken me to the shade. I don't want the balls up on the table. I can't over that. 
cents. They're real Vegas ice is like. Yeah, but they got those like for two bucks. Blue, red, yellow. Yeah, well, they had the look of shock on their face. Do you, do you not agree that they were, they, they'd never seen us before, didn't know who we were, they had their match out. They thought they, they had won the game. Cocky. They thought they had won the game and they wanted to speed, speed up the match because they thought they had the game in the bag already and we were dragging it out. Where in reality, we had the possibility of pulling it off and we did in the last minute of overtime. That was good. In, uh, some of the other, our only turn of overtime. Of course, they had top four matches with this year's state, two had giants. So. From Nebraska. But then that might show the talent of Nebraska's top four. Reminder, so I'll cut that out later. Oh, come on. You guys think of all the jabs that Nebraska's can from Nebraska. So at least we're now 1 0 after round one with our fairly average mediocre deck. In all honesty, if we were playing decent players, we would have. If you're saying we were playing more experienced Colorado players. No, I'm, I'm just saying there's, there's going to be decent players everywhere. Those players were just, they were extremely over cocky and overcome. They weren't that good. And they were trying to play fast because they assumed that they were better. And let's not forget, assuming makes an ass out of you and me, and in the end, it caused them the match. Well, be trying to speed us up. Well, let's say, remember, you were ready to throw in the match about five minutes left in it. No, and I, I was trying to tell you, like, damn it, we can still win this. No, I was playing head games, which is very good when somebody's already overconfident. <laughs> I suppose, but it sure looked like you were trying to cash in on me. No, <laughs> I, will, I will not do it until the very end. I'm try- I was trying to get them to understand, maybe maybe miss a block, uh, do something. As soon as soon as we pass her after they enslaved the dragon, and they did not attack on that turn, I knew the game was off. We know let's attack for the dragon because it's our first turn of time, and it's all we got. If we would not have won... No, they were, uh, thought, they were going to the evasion route they thought they could clock us for the evasion alone. Exactly, because they the kitchens and the... And the they thought they, uh, they, either, the they either just didn't know what the tracker did, didn't see it, or hope we were complete jackass. Well, they also completely missed the uh, game's blessing on the tracker. Yeah. 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 It's not a game's blessing, but the uh, Gaia's anthem, Gaia's anthem that was popping the track, and then one Vanderburn, they had tapping their lands, short time Because in the end, they were at nine, and we did exactly nine damage with you. And we had one more white speaker we could have used, and we missed three of them in the, in the match. Yes, we did make five mistakes. By no means did we not make We could have, could have done better off by using a white speaker. We need to make sure that we're watching each other. All right, round two is going. Round three opponents. Uh, they were no black in their deck. One was blue white, the other one was red green. Yeah, well, basically, since we had a little bit of time to watch them ahead of time, we knew there was no black ahead of time. So when we sat down, before we went turn, I went turn two, Blood Knight, turn three, Rage it, Undying Rage. So I got a four four swinger. Tom turn three, turn four gets added to the uh, for the Gaia's anthem. So I got a five five on turn on uh, on my fourth turn swinging. Um, pretty much that was our main attacker the whole time. Uh, they put a couple of jump blockers in the way. They dropped the Pyrohemia early. Got us down the low and live with Strut Board from our other guys. Um, brought them down to just the Blood Knight back in play, and they had a guy in thin. Uh, we had a pinger. Mock order taking out some of the weed dude. I had a uh, sulfur elemental who was reducing the toughness of the white guys, and they eventually got rid of the pyrohemia. Um, they were getting a little bit low in life. We, uh, they dropped a clockwork. At which point on our turn, I dead and gone the pop clockwork back to their hand. We treacherous third it, take it out, find out they have a ignite memories along with a couple other goodies, and that he's mana screwed in color. He's missing his black. That he does, in fact, have black in his deck, but only like a bog elemental that was in his hand. So, like, yeah, not really black, black. It's just flashes. So, we're knowing that he has ignite memories in hand, and they're blue white guy apparently was sandbagging with some weenies try to build up a storm so what happened is, is uh, they eventually go nuts with their storm count get their storm count up to four cast ignite memories make five top make it and five and uh, hit Bradford's hand my hand consisted of a four casting cost uh, Moldubi acid moss which kills land search out of land and bustle land and then his consisted of avatar woe the rack coral trickster and a, uh, the two three more guy that flips up and gives something negative two plus two or plus two negative two and um, on the random roll they hit the uh, avatar wall once early and then hit rack twice and coral trickster twice to bring us down to seven while they're at well I bring us down to nine while they're at seven 
life, which was quite quite lucky. <laughs> and then uh, from there on, we uh, proceeded to set the board up so that they could no longer use the primary and they could no longer keep a blocker in play that would be anything, anywhere useful with the coral fixer. And we uh, beat them down. It was uh, quite a tight match. Now we're sitting at three zero. Uh, Abdul. Uh, oh yeah. Back to the magazine argument. We'll record it now. It's just in general a bad card. It's, it's not a bad card. It doesn't fit the fact that we're super tempo. We're still pair tempo deck. And you know, when the red ring deck hops hop out at four casting clock, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work in this deck. You're right. But you no, know, I still think it's a good card in general, even in two headed deck. I think it's a good card. Oh, I don't. I, 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 honestly, I honestly don't think our deck is that good. <laughs> I really don't think our, our deck are amazing two headed giant deck. I, I think we're getting really lucky with the tempo draws, and we managed to go four and zero, so we don't have to worry about it the last year. And those three shapers have have only played in like one match so far. Yeah, I've only used one. The first, the parasitic shapers, we only used once, and they've shown up in only twice. Uh, and they're like our only removal, other than one bad dark wizard. Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, we got rough and tumble. We've got dead and gone. In my that deck. was the first time we, we got soul singers for the first time. That, that was the first time we were able to use rough and tumble <laughs> at all. without it hurting us. Because nine times out of ten, I mean, we're not going to cast a rough part because the rough wrecks us. No, this time we swept all the all the flyers that they just dropped from yeah, we, out of. We pretty much dealt with every creature they played during one. Yeah, which is good. And we were playing, and I'm like, our deck would definitely not be good if the life totals were still forty. I think we're winning today strictly based upon the life totals being thirty instead of forty. And ironically enough, I think the hardest match was our very first one too. Yeah. <laughs> Though so we got super lucky in the third round. Yeah. My God, we got lucky. They had, ran- they had randomly eliminated all over it when that- with that. <laughs> Tom Gibbs. Kevin Lowe. Kevin Ed Lowe. And your team's name? Tato's and Ratchet. Tato's and Ratchet from Iowa. Yep. You guys happen to know Bob Goodfriend or his other... No. Oh, I know. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Are they good at Magic? We put Magic a few years ago. Oh, well, we uh, made it here this list, and we're second place with 15 points in a, six, in a 58% tiebreaker. The only people who beat us are the first place teams. So now we're going to get ready for the draft in a little while. That ought to be good. Yeah, we probably should be celebrating. Those are the only good top four. Uh, we so that first, I knew we top four. We played good the whole day, too. Like, we didn't play any Nebraska, except for the, the only team from Nebraska we played were their state champs. Yeah. I mean, come on now. We played, so we played what? We came to Nebraska. Two teams. Pro. We play two teams that were trying to get their raid up there to qualify. An existing, uh, a standing state champion. The a standing state champion for Nebraska team. And two. No, not they weren't the standard state champions. The team, they were the two anti giants. Yeah, champions. The, sta- the standing not standard. I mean standing as an existing or current the current two anti giant state champions and two pro players. Two pro players. One 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 pro team from Nebraska and one uh, pro team. I mean not from Nebraska. One pro team from Iowa and one pro team from Minnesota. And in the end, we lose twice to, to the. the, the Teams that potentially threw this routine on earlier. Random anal pros that had to play word games and manipulate the speed of the game, try to get us make mistakes. You know their name? No. Okay, that's not their name. God, their decks were not that good either. Yeah, they were forty the the two thousand seven Yokohama Kotor shirt and the two thousand eight Kotor Geneva shirt together. So they've been both into the Kotor recently. Uh so I we start here? This is fortieth, right? Yeah. Did we come on fortieth? Yeah. So we need to turn. Yeah. Are you sure? Well if we came down fortieth, right? This is a fine lake, bro. Yeah, that's right. So we want a fortieth is uh, I would yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to find it back to the interstate. I don't really, I don't have my money, but I'm already... Well, I remember on this road, we saw a bunch, uh, bunch of buffets or, or barbecues or something like that along this way. Yeah, make sure you, make sure we keep track on paper, like, what I owe you for gas, and if you're going to cover, so you cover, like, a little bit of my food, too. Because I think... As long as you pay me back, that's what I can. I will pay you back 100%. My paycheck goes up right away. Oh, right on. So, I got all five grand for my paycheck. Nice. God, I wish we could go to Kansas. Can't do that, babe. Wish I could. I'm, I'm gonna go. I mean, the problem with that is I can't call. 
question. If you do, you do. I mean, if you do, you do. And there's nothing I can do about that, you know? Not, well, if you do, you do. Can't go. You qualify. I'm not going to hold you back. Damn. But, if, but at the same time, if we go X and O, I might take all the prize and give up the invite. And I, and I mean, I don't see him minding that either if he knows I'm going to be qualified. I, I, I'm so confused with all the well, the only reason this is working out is just like screwed you over. Sure. I didn't want to say that beforehand, but you know, I was the I, I was the alternate guy, remember? Yeah, Frank is Frank, Frank is Frank is a good player, but he doesn't have the heart and he doesn't have the I want to play anymore. Yeah, he wants and to do poker. Like, he doesn't want to do that. It's fine. He doesn't even want to do. It's not even poker. It's like we'll work. And he's like to bail on me the week before the to be all gung ho, one hundred percent about it for two months, three months even, and then to bail on me the last week. I mean, that's none of the time to give that. I, and I was interested the whole time. It's just I couldn't commit to the date until it was closer to the time. Yeah, and, I mean, that's just not, it's not good. Like, well, normally for something like this, normally people would need, like, two or three weeks at least notice to be able to get the time off. If I what you were, you were last minute whether or not you could go. But, like, normally if he bails on me the last week, how am I going to find anywhere to go yeah. on a trip like this? No, which direction? This is the Nebraska Highway. I know we turned. That was Nebraska. I still have not had a losing record in any event. Yeah, well, you, you've done outstanding in the format. I thought, you know, and I recognize that. I also recognize that at the same time, I'm, I was trying to, quote, ride your, ride the bad wagon there for a while. But I think they have opened the fact that I can actually fit in well. You know, I just may need to learn a little bit better about how to build deck, per se, so we do disagree on some deck building choices. Are there, we, are articles, we have to do our research. Could you imagine how good we would have been today if we did the actual research on the shit? Well, we're good enough to top four. That's, that's what I'm asking you. With minimal knowledge that I got from podcasting and what you've done through experience, we were good enough to make top four. And in the end, we were good enough, we were good enough, and we drafted well enough, we should have won. But that got hosed by a five-color deck and a four-color deck. A five-color deck with multiple momentary voice. And horrible creatures. Phonetic sliver? Like, nobody plays that. Well, they had like a, a half a dozen servers we saw, so you gotta imagine they probably had a dozen or so between both decks. I'm trying to remember what is down this way. I think the barbecue place was back over... Uh, who is it? I don't know. What's this place? Ruzo's? Ruzo's. Did you want that place? I, I isn't there like a 24-hour diner up there? Uh, there was a diner we passed more to, yeah. Amigos. Well, you get something semi-decent. Uh, still, it's just frustrating. God, this is like my top eight that I failed as well. It doesn't matter. Chris, we did good. We did good. We beat Pro. We came up here. We had confidence. We got over, like... We took a gamble. We took him. We put our nuts on the table at one point. I mean, like... So we went to one life and knowing we had to kill in the hand and wreck if we could live that turn. We played really well. I mean, like, the last couple of rounds... I, the last two rounds, our play was pretty shoddy. Simply because of how tired we were. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I showed them my hand. It didn't matter at that point. It was just the two fortifies. And we were, I, we were only holding them to get the storm count up. Because we had top deck. I never used to live that much. He did have Noom on his hand. He did? Yes. Yeah, see? I called his stupid, stupid hand because he had another draw. I called it. Yeah. Was he surprised that I did that? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, like, okay. I, I really don't like Because I said it, he started nodding, he's like, yeah. I really didn't <laughs> like those guys' character at all, yeah. yeah this, this was, I think, the place we saw, right? Yeah, this is alright with you, it's alright with me. Uh, sounds good. It's a good, like, highway side stagger, sounds good. Yep. Nice greasy homemade food. Yep, usually they have Fucking okay, oh god, we're in Nebraska. I bet you they have some good ass chicken guitars. Come on, Colorado last night. We know how to drive. Yeah, the fingers sticking at me. I do. Yeah, I was like, I'll wave better. I just want to have one. I think we do. Well, maybe above all of us. Our silver's horrible. That is horrible. Like, I don't think it is. We had one big. Yeah, we had a horrible field deck for the twist. We had outstanding draft decks, I thought. And I don't know. We played our asses off the field and made it. And in the end. We got double party drag. We, yeah, we got party drag today. And in the end, we uh, ran out of steam in the foot in the, in the draft. Are you going to open your Lost to a fourth time eventually. In fact, I'm, you know what? I probably won't open. I'm going to trade them for the Raiders I want from Future Sight and uh, Planet Chaos.
Like nobody's going to trade damnations for that. It's not what we want. Yeah, you will. That's an interesting to note. The people who drafted two Bobo Blakes, and yet we sat a Bobo Terry Blakes, they also drafted a Fireball Kavu, yet the team to our right had two Fireball Kavus that they drafted. That we, uh, that, so. Is if we ask him if there's a good barbecue place close by? Yeah, driving back home in the middle of the night, 5.30 uh, Central Time, p.m. Definitely dark, definitely lonely, definitely quiet, nothing on the radio, talk radio, can't even turn it on. I want to catch what draft was, or more details about the draft. All I know is that Troy Clayton, Calvin Johnson, and decided to keep Calvin Johnson instead of trading him for massive numbers today. So, uh, <clears throat> letting them know more about what was going on. But anyway, uh, Bradford's sleep, I'm driving, got some sleep, but I feel a little different stops now. I'm actually feeling like I can go for a while now. Good. Uh, in retrospect, I guess I'm happy or proud that we did what we did. I guess I'm happy. It was kind of a miserable disappointment in the end, but we did beat several quality teams into a giant at the air in Nebraska, at League of Nebraska. Um, we did top four. We did draft a pair of amazing decks. We did everything we could do for ourselves in that position. And in the end, uh, didn't seem to matter. We uh, I ran out of team. I ended up getting mana flooded, basically. Two nines all of ten land. <clears throat> we had our opponents down to, to ten life when we were at 28, and I couldn't seal the deal. They uh, recovered with uh, Fire Maul, Kavu, and If, and multiple blink mall, or, uh, multiple uh, momentary blink in order to screw up all of our removal, and then started to drop some, some mid-brain slivers, like the pulmonary guy, and then the, the battering guy, and then the frenetic guy, and the one that gets flanking, and the one that and the one that uh, becomes like the art uh, becomes the um, abdent archers. So yeah, they ended up making a suite of different very, different types of slivers. The if and one or two other creatures. We couldn't. I couldn't finish them off without even starting land after land after land after land. And boom, fall through a pair of fortifies and another spell that we were ended up having to keep for the purposes of keeping storm count possible. For in case I got my ignite memories, or if, if I got my grape shot, or if I got my other storm spell, uh, goblin warrants. In the end, I just didn't draw anything. It's kind of disappointing. So close. So close. I think the only thing I could have done better with my deck is actually reduce the land count to 16 instead of 17. Uh, one of those, it was, it was it's at 16 mountains plus one uh, Cobalt Care Keep, and I guess I could have dropped one of the mountains, pushed another spell into it, and been okay, I suppose. Because most of my spells were threes, a couple of fours, and then I had like a Bardic Dragon, Ignite Memories, and Goblin Warrens, and then again, you can argue, like, well, and one other larger spell. And you can argue, like, well, with those four spells, maybe you'd want to have a 17 because ideally you'd want to cast a spell yourself in order to help your own spell count, but that didn't work out. came down to us just trying I had to put ourselves in a position of like three turns for you know, we could win, so I drew my tank memories and I went land, land, land. Didn't mean no good. I actually lost my temper too a little bit. And I really slammed the deck on the ground, or slammed the deck on the table and just stormed away for a few minutes to uh, collect my uh, thoughts. Some interesting people I met while I was there was Bill, it was, uh, Bill Sark, the uh, editor of Londis. <coughs> It was kind of interesting to talk to and whatnot. I kind of wish we had spent more time actually just talking on, on the recorder, but not that we did. But, yeah, he was, he was telling me about his little excursion out to uh, the top of eight magic offices in New York. Gave uh, them all an interview after Matt won the uh, Grand Prix. Kind of pretty much the ride out here was pretty uneventful, other than just long. The ride back home was pretty uneventful, as long as we don't get on an accident. Um, a few times we both toured towards off the road a little bit, but we stopped on and off quite a bit this time around. But as long as that happens, but in general, the event, the trip has been fairly uneventful, but you don't want to have anything to happen like some of the other trips I've been on. Threatening into roadkill or, or like 
50 or something, or uh, having your uh, crack in the uh, engine lock while, while while you're like 10 miles from the site, or uh, some of the shenanigans that Christian Holloway used to pull. I uh, hope you enjoyed this particular podcast. This will give you an example of what some of the things that I might go through in the course of what I'm going to report for MTCAS. Um, I am submitting it there instead of Top 8 Magic. Uh, I, in order to uh, work on the idea of building my own uh, my own fan base of sorts, a little more freedom, a little more responsibility, post, etc. Um, I'll probably tack on a couple of special things at the end of this. It'll add a little bit more time to it, but at the same time, it'll, be, uh, it'll add a little bit more respect to what it is about uh, me, myself, uh, things I recorded, people you talk to, people you might potentially hear from again in the future. Um, I guess I guess I should add some of my background to this. I've been playing Magic since about time that Dark was released. I'm not sure if it was a little bit before or a little after. I, I pretty much spent all my money in third edition about 10 times, and then when Fallen Empires came out, I bought a uh, in-case of some boxes of Fallen Empires, assuming they've been, you know, historically said that they'd be worth a lot, and in the end, I, yeah, so there you go. I bought boxes of Fallen Empires, bad retail price. I've pretty much been playing tournaments ever since they've been available to me. Uh, start, we had used to have to play a few unsanctioned tournaments in town. I, I figured if I do include all the unsanctioned tournaments back in the early 90s that I played in, that's probably around 200. Um, includes the 50-some tournaments that were that were supposed to be sanctioned and then eventually were canceled because of a TO not following the rules and, and or submitting the paperwork. Um, my current, last I checked anyways, my current active DCI matches recorded is at 2465 or something like that, 2465 uh, recorded DCI sanctioned matches in there. Uh, my events are just over 500. I believe this makes it like 502 now in, in actual sanctioned events. There's one guy in Pan who's got 800 sanctioned events and 3,100 matches that someday I wish you uh, catch. I've, been, uh, I've attended two pro tours as a player, half a dozen pro tours as a spectator, or as a judge. I did judge a couple of pro, uh, a pair of pro tours. Um, I've attended nationals like seven times as a spectator and once as a player. I've traveled quite a bit, quite far for things like PTQs and such. If, for instance, in living in Colorado Springs, Colorado, I actually have uh, two close friends of mine, Alan Martin and uh, Paul Smith, both Paul Parker's pro tour Mike in Germany, uh, and as well as Eric Kirkman up in Denver and somebody else I knew. We all headed out to Germany where I lived at for seven years and I basically played tour guide. Played in the PTQ that day so I guess you can say I, tra- I, would, I guess in reality I would travel halfway around the world to be in a PTQ if I had to in order to qualify. Uh, the only prize that actually matters is you know, I think it was qualification help which is also kind of frustrating because yeah we earned two boxes for coming in third because they made prize off of how you did in the draft as well as opposed to uh, just make it based on post uh, on, on in the Swiss standings, which is, I don't know if that's standard or unusual, but to me, that I thought we made the switch over that it was always going to be based on Swiss standings now. Or maybe I'm just spoiled by the fact I have a level 3 and a level 4 judge running everything in general for me nowadays. Um, I don't know this judge out of, the ground, out of a hole in the ground, but he was kind of a not that into it, and I kind of questioned some of his decisions. <coughs> such as well on a rack that affect multiple players. Well, over the years, I've probably attended close to 50 four-door qualifiers now. Uh, <coughs> I've traveled the regional several times in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I've gone to multiple PTQs in Salt Lake City, Utah, multiple in Lincoln, Nebraska, multiple in Ames, Iowa, or Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, I've been to Grand Prix in multiple Grand Prix in Texas, in 
Memphis, Kansas City, Utah, Denver, Southern, Seattle, God, I gotta think now. There's all these characters that I uh, a couple others, I'm sure. I gotta think. Attended, uh, at the Spectre Nationals several times at Origin, uh, San Diego, as a player in Atlanta. I've been to, uh, I had that location at, at Pro Tour Colby 2004 and passed it up. Kind of wish I'd win. I was a player at 2003 Pro Tour Atlanta. I was a player at Pro Tour Dallas 96 Vintage, where I came in 33rd, one place out of money. The only downside is that they also did not award Pro Tour points at that event, so, which I think they should have, and it would have impacted how the Hall of Fame actually worked. But since it wasn't, it wasn't worth anything, it wasn't worth all Pro Tour points at the time, and I guess that's something Scott Lerby has backed up in their ports of the stands. I feel like we should have more Pro Tour points than I got. Then again, I also, I also passed up an invitation in 96 to New York, well, when I had the opportunity, just because I couldn't afford a plane ticket. I've been to qualifiers in Arizona. I've been to see pretty much every, uh, Wyoming, pretty much every nearby state to, to Colorado, every near, every adjacent state for sure, and nearby, nearly adjacent state, except for like Idaho. I haven't bothered going to a PTQ in Idaho yet. Someday I will. Uh, Timing-wise, this isn't going to work out right this season, but you know, of course, I intend to make more trips more back to Grand Prix again, which I could pay for flights, and I will fly out to them. I also intend to, I was also considering the idea of just attending national, or attending worlds this year as a spectator, if, if nothing else, because it's in New York. Uh, maybe get to meet and hang out at the top eight magic office and hang out with some of the players in New York area. Maybe Dom will be there too from MTG Cast. He was talking about maybe going to New York or, or at least going to World, I suppose, in New York. Um, I've been around forever, been known forever. But one year I was at uh, uh, Memphis um, at, at the Grand Prix of Memphis. Jeff Denae found it necessary to announce in front of everybody with a microphone that I was the most actively active member at the time emailing the DCI on a near daily basis about some problem, issue, or, or topic that was on my mind. The most, pro, the most prolific emailer that he's ever seen at while he was working at the DCI. It's like, well, yeah, thanks for, yeah, thanks for like putting it out to everybody in the world. I wasn't quite expecting that. You know, kind of halfway embarrassing, halfway. Huh? 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 Gordy, people like to sleep. Unless you have something you want to say. Oh. All right. Good. Swap hands. Also been on the most of DPQs in Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, <clears throat> I've played Magic in areas like Chicago, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I as well as all the other places that I've been to be confused. Uh, and played Magic at Stores, I guess. Indiana, uh, Michiana, Michigan, you know, Mishawaka. Actually, my home state is from, is from Michigan. So, I am a Detroit fan. Detroit sports, sports fan. And of course, the Lions are the team that proverbially sucks. It's two years in it's but the Detroit Lions, um, everyone always knew about the, the big uh, curse that was on Boston Red Sox, Guardian Babe forever, about how they couldn't win the big one, center, and it finally did removal of the curse two years ago. Blah, blah, blah. And then you heard about the goat from the Cubs where back in 1908, ever since this goat was barred playing this ball, baseball game, playoff baseball game, they've never won a playoff baseball series or World Series since then. Uh, all right, that's been almost 100 years now, exactly. Well, in 1947, Detroit Lions had Bobby Lane, their uh, quite a fiery, I'll put it, uh, quarterback who had led them to three out of five, three, three championships out of five years and was constantly getting in trouble for, for um, uh, I Alcohol, uh, alcohol, domestic abuse, and when uh, uh, the law and uh, had this, you know, dangerous, like, close temper and whatnot. But he was, you know, a winning quarterback. <coughs> After he uh, won the championship in 47, he, they uh, decided to uh, let him go because they didn't want to deal with the uh, 
be a headache of him anymore. They really call it the headache of Bobby Lane. Uh, they didn't want to deal with what his hand makes or, his head, or the headache he was caught back in 1947, so they dropped him from the team, let him go on his merry way. And since that date, we've won one playoff game today, and that was on the road against the Dallas Cowboys right before they went on their three-peat back in the early 90s, the year before they went on that run. Pretty much, that's the only playoff game we've won as a Detroit Lions ever since. The best record we generally have had is a 500 record, and those were under the years of Barry Sanders. So pretty much 60 years now of solid disgrace in the uh, National Football League community, per se. And, of course, nobody ever really talks about the, the headache of Bobby Lane first. So then again, you know, like I'm a Lions fan. We were never meant to be. Not like we had the, the following of the Red Sox. So here's an interesting idea. Um, different or different writers that I happen to currently like. Uh, the ones I've been reading the most of lately have been uh, Mark Rosewater, obviously. He uh, writes a great design called Momentic, MomenticGathering.com, official website. Uh, interesting insight, a uh, fairly great of mine. So he, he throws in a, a few turns and twist balls time to time of odd articles like uh, Elegant, while interesting and cool. It was also one of the most frustrating articles you could read. Um, the 80,000 words of Watsi was kind of cool. It was all pictures. And to give you a good insight to what's actually there and what goes on. Uh, you know, he, 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 he throws out a weekly Monday column that's worth reading. I always uh, waste time before I go to work every day, every Monday, make sure I read it. Uh, another column I find very fascinating to read is Carson, Frank Carson's article on NPRMGDF.com. Uh, another interesting article I read is Frank Carson's uh, article on uh, Wednesdays at MagicGathering.com. He puts out a very interesting metagame article based on Magic Online and some real life metagame stuff that is useful for the purposes of uh, figuring out what is the best uh, best to be playing or what the what's the metagame to be to be determined so you can figure out what to do. Uh, another really good article I read is uh, Aaron Forsythe on MagicGathering.com on Fridays. Um, I always find I find actually him and Rosewater to be two of the best writers on that site. Uh, the other two articles I read from Magic Gathering will be uh, Brian David Marshall's Friday Night and uh, Mike Flores' Thursday both of which are very good uh, especially the first Flores' articles that gives in the metagame coverage as well as why deck the breakdown of certain decks the design of certain decks what gets behind those decks and why they were. It's useful know. Right, David Marshall's article every week deals with the Pro Tour lifestyle and the Pro Tour history, and very good about giving insight to what pros are thinking, what they're doing, who they are. It's kind of useful if you want to get to know the Pro Tour lifestyle, or if you want to talk about the Hall of Fame possible votes, which is something I will do occasionally on this podcast. I will bust out the Hall of Fame, and that's because I have quite a few opinions about what should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, having talked to Jack Danton, one of the original people who uh, did uh, event coverage back in the very early days, the first couple years of Pro Tour, um, and who I occasionally would travel travel to events he hang out with. Um, but, you know, he did event coverage while I did other things, but I kind of regret not, not getting involved in the early days of event coverage at this point because uh, he thinks I'm one of, like, six people that he knows who were overlooked selection committee for deciding the, hall of, the original Hall of Fame selection committee um, because of my experience and knowledge of the early years of the Brodor. Uh, fortunately, I think part of that also has to do with the fact that my writing went silent between 2000 and 2004 um, because I decided to wobble from internet writing, uh, strategy writing, and, art- and article writing at the time. Uh, someday I might go back to that. I'll make an effort to do more writing, but um, because of that, I think that probably cost or maybe be overlooked when it came to the decision of who the original selection committee is. And it's something I'd like to get on. I really like to be on the selection committee to decide who's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think I have a lot of tribute knowledge-wise to making those decisions, but unfortunately I don't have the I don't have the event coverage resume or the uh, pro tour experience from playing the, the, the playing experience on the Pro Tour 
back back up that claim that I should be there um, because all I all I really did was go there as a spectator and not really do that much writing about while I was there what I was seeing though a few people knew I was there all the time like Jack Sam for instance who was one of the, who's got this amazing archive of pictures that includes some of the, the coolest original first, uh, pictures you've never seen about the first few years of the tour and has one of the uh, Peter Lair and uh, Mike Long giving each other this uh, quite gayish looking brotherly hug there's another one of the pictures he's got which is kind of cool uh, someday I'll get him to actually uh, I was hoping someday to actually have access to that so I can put some of those in an article or he can writing articles again <laughs> I've always liked Jack Sam's writing, uh, though he only puts out stuff on, on pgplayer.com. He does have a lot of interesting things to say, and he's quite opinionated about where the Pro Tour should be going, and about a lot of the uh, insides of how Watt used to work, especially during the uh, era that when Jeff Denae was running the DCI, and how that was kind of a uh, good boys network at the time, more than it was a corporate officially ran uh, setup. Of all the uh, other sites that I really like enjoy writing from, um, include from TCG Player, I really like uh, Riki, Riki Hasha, uh, Riki Akashi probably murdered that last name I met him once in real life he's a very nice guy to talk to uh, he also likes my writing too ironically um, yeah, I think he's probably the best writer on PCG player personally other than myself of course obviously obviously uh, there's not many people who write on com nowadays that, that make for good writing but there's one art, one particular writer on there that I really I, I will read though I really hate his style of writing and that would have to be uh, uh, William Spaniard 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 has a tendency to uh, in every article he writes give this like yeah, yeah, give some interesting topics about some certain certain cert new stuff and then he gets to this rant and every article that's like writer's envy or something where he, he goes after Mike Flores' style of writing and, and it's like harassing him grammar wise or capitalization wise or punctuation wise or content wise italicizing his words and how Mike Flores has the right it's like I don't see the point but it seems like he does that because A it's easy thing for him to constantly write about and it's like a, it's almost as if he's trying to like uh, be a scorekeeper or something but it's also like he's got like writers in him because he feels he should be a better known writer or a better respected writer than he is and he's attacking one of the most respected writers in the world for magic theory a lot of this a lot of things that make while it's interesting it's also a lot of it's probably garbage and I would, unless you really want to, to read someone who's got like a negative spin on everything when it comes to like half his article it's kind of or half his article is like a negative spin on stuff it's not really an article I would suggest thinking of it yeah because he's, he's probably my least favorite writer of all right now is the Spaniard he used to write for Londis.com now who so, now Bill Stark who was at the BQ yesterday this is now Sunday morning uh, he was at the BQ yesterday we were playing against him he's a nice guy to talk to I like him yeah. Bill Stark took over for Spaniard over at Londis.com L-O-N-D-E-S.com uh, Star City Games probably the number one website now for premium based content and article writing from the pros I don't know if it's got the best articles because I still think MagicTheGather.com has probably got the best articles but on there I occasionally have a premium account from time to time or access to one. Uh, I will be buying my own premium account again here pretty soon. Probably a year's worth this time here in the next couple of days. But um, on there, you'll find the best articles from Mueller Blister Guy or uh, M.M. Young with some, some interesting things occasionally, but not often. And then Flores probably got the best articles on that website right on a weekend week out basis. Uh, it's also one of the most prolific writers on the, in the Internet. Puts out constantly putting out quality material for two different websites plus quality podcasts every week on Top 8 Magic. Someday I'll get around to buying uh, Flores a beer but, uh, and BDM a beer and Becker a beer and Matt Wings a beer. Uh, go hang out with those guys someday. Uh, and maybe if I make it out to Worlds this year, I'll do that then or maybe I'll make it out to Nationals anyways or get qualified for Nationals I'll be able to meet someone there or maybe San Diego's. Unfortunately, that blew my shot yesterday because it just was bad luck but it's not my only shot. I still got to qualify in Denver in a couple weeks. Maybe another chance at it. That person I've been playing with is 
is on the cusp of, or on the, it's on the borderline of, of cracking in the top 50 ratings-wise, so that can always pay off for me, too. Some of the old-school writers and some of the best content you can read about actually comes classicdojo.org, uh, the original website that I was writing for, the original website of Magic Theory and, and, and Tournament Report, probably one of the both useful resources still in existence for Magic content. Um, obviously, it's, it's from 96 through 90, uh, or actually 1995 through 98. Um, back in the days prior to the existence of the dojo, I used to do a lot of writing for uh, direct trading card game forums for Magic and Magic.Miscellaneous and Magic.Strategy. I spent a lot of time in that Magic Magic Miscellaneous writing a lot of stuff. And if you actually read Flores' book, Decade, he pulls out many of the articles he posted in the original .Strategy forum and puts it into his book, which is, which is an absolute must-read, in my opinion. Definitely worth the 25 bucks I paid for each of the two copies I got. So the must-read must read strategy. But yeah, I used to write a ton in the uh, the .Rec, in the Rec trading card game. He used that group. He used to write a ton there, and then I moved to some things for the dojo. Did some stuff on the dojo for a while, and then the original Brain Burst would eventually, or yeah, original Brain Burst, or Mind Ripper, see, it was called Mind Ripper at one time, it was called Brain Burst at one time. There was also another website called uh, Meridian Magic, which I also occasionally had some stuff of mine posted on, but not often. But pretty much most of my, my best stuff was on the, either the dojo on tcgplayer.com over the past couple of years, and I don't put as many, I don't put out as many articles as a lot of good writers should be putting out. Uh, ironically enough, I do write still a ton, especially at uh, www.dagtrax.net slash springboard S-B-I-R-S-B-R-I-N-G-B-O-A-R-D springboard um, that's where I put most of my writing actually nowadays <clears throat> but it's not really so much as an article as it is just commentary and, and responses because it's actually a message form not really not really a website for articles but I do a lot of good writing there for, for most of my real articles I'll actually post on pcplayer.com nowadays they don't pay me for those articles though some of the other interesting people I like to occasionally read from uh, David Price is one of the most his articles from before are some of the most some of the best tournament reports to read though he doesn't write any of it nowadays because he doesn't play magic anymore um, but pretty much nowadays it's like it's usually the best article of the week that I, in my opinion that I read is, is somewhere between either Mark Rosewaters or Aaron Forsyth or one of uh, Mike Flores three articles one of Mark Flores two articles every week between those those are pretty much what I listen to the most of or read the most of and enjoy the most I would highly suggest reading those too